Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new episode of those girls. You know it's a being boogie. I'm stuck. But it started off so good. Welcome to another episode of Cultured and Candid. Cultured and Candid on V103. <laughs> All right, smooth ride at five. Okay. Honestly, if you're not from Chicago, you wouldn't understand that reference. And I think that was a really great segue. So, bang, bang. You're hilarious. I have my days. Segue to what, pray tell? The intro. Oh, yeah. That was cute. Yeah. Hmm? What? I said it was cute. Check out what you want me to say. Girl. Okay. Can I can I have a, a candid moment? Can I open this with a candid moment? Sure. What's up? Okay, bam. Check this. I get a text message from this guy I've been on two days with, right? He's like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I've been thinking about yesterday. Mind you, we had went out the previous day. I've been thinking about yesterday, and I think that our personalities don't really match. And I think we should just not waste each other's time. It's been nice getting to know you, right? I was not offended by this message. The offense came when I replayed the events of the previous day, right? As we've previously discussed, I am not an affectionate woman. So like men that want to be affectionate with me early on don't don't fare well in this world, right? So I got in the car and he was like, can I have a kiss? And I was like, nah. And then I laughed. I was like, it's not like that. I just, you know, it's not my thing. You know, like, I really got to be in one of those spaces. Right? So he started drinking or whatever. We go out for drinks. We started drinking. And I'm a little bit more loose. So, you know, now I'm, you know, giving a little back pat, you know, back pat, pat. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to be, you know, a little bit more. You know, I was like, you know, give me kiss. You know, all that stupid shit. Right? So, but when I initially said no, he made this face. And he was like, Ugh. I'm like, it's my right to say no. And he hit the sigh on my ass. Like, as if to say, not this me too shit again. Like, that shit pissed me off. And I looked at him. I'm like, yo, I do have a choice. This is my body. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. And at that point, mind you, I already knew that our, our, our personalities didn't necessarily mesh. But we always had good conversation. You know what I'm saying? We always enjoyed each other's company from the time that we had spent. So I'm not thinking like, oh, you know, we need to stop this because we, we're no longer possibly going to be romantic partners. Mind you, before sending me this text message, we were in the car and he was telling me how much he wanted to eat my. But here it is the next morning and you realize like I am not giving you what you want. Now our, our personalities aren't compatible. Crazy. Is it though, bro? I mean, because the same could be said about like when dudes don't um live up to your expectation, i.e. fragility guy. <laughs> this isn't gonna work. You're too fragile. You know, it may not have necessarily been your your reality, but it was it was the reality for him. Like this ain't gonna work because you're not the type of we don't express 
the same type of way. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. we're not comfortable doing the same type of things at the same type of time, and, and he probably just ain't willing to wait for you. And that's his I, choice. I'm not mm-hmm. mad at that. I'm really not. This is the thing about that, though, because for some reason during this dating process, men love to ask, like, are you affectionate? Like, that's literally a question that men ask. And I feel like men ask that because more and more women are deciding not to be affectionate. Like, it's a choice, you know, or it's just how you personally feel about your personal space. And I had already expressed to him that I am not an affectionate woman. You walked into this with expectations that were unrealistic. I've already explained to you, I'm not a kissy, kissy woman. I understand my lips are soft. You know, I'm not one of the, I'm not the hug up under you kind of lady. I just never have been. So mm-hmm. in reality, where, was it really me? Or was it him thinking that he was the exception? No, it's just uh, that your ideas of what you want and somebody you're dating are different. I agree he with was, that. He just wanted somebody who was going to be all up in his face. You want that type. And he was not attractive enough for that. For you. Okay. For me, for that. Because it's a reason that he is used to that type of engagement. Mm -hmm. The women he dates is okay with it. Or more so, he has not been receiving that in his dating life and now understands that is a requirement for him to feel safe, secure, or, and you know, happy with moving forward. Bro, if a man is not receiving that, they're not going to be that outward and ask you for it on a first date, bro. There's no way. It wasn't if the first not, date. If you've been lacking, you just said, okay. This was the second date. Even even the second day, bro, a man who is um who's insecure about receiving love. First of all, it's hard to get men to share their emotions anyway, especially to get them to ask for something like a kiss. Because that's that's kind of out the box, especially in today's dating spaces. Right. Yeah. So. For him to say that, that means he's he's used to being that comfortable with a woman by that point. And so you just weren't. And that's fine. Girl, you should have seen them live a lips. You better stop playing. I know my lips look full, but y'all, I got little lips. Okay? I got little lips. This man had full rows of lips from, from end to end. It was a full row. Like, there was no tapering of the lip. Like, okay, I'm You're done. terrible, bro. I, I'm aware of these things, and I feel like self-awareness is the first step. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, I do apologize. I had to have a candid moment. There was no way around it. That shit rubbed me the wrong way. For you to text me that after, like, baby, we been knew this. We been knew this. But now that I told you I'm not, I'm withholding affection, it's a problem. Crazy. Anyway. Are you withholding it if you don't give it, bro? I give a, I reciprocate affection. I don't necessarily initiate. Okay. I'm serious. Okay. Now that I'm off of my tangent and my candid moment, today we will be talking about the idea. Idea? No. Today we will be talking about black tuition. And no, Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with college. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not the paid for. 
Not the paid folk. The inner. Um, now, I have my own definition of what black tuition is, mainly because my definition comes with just pure examples and not an explanation. I'm going to allow um, Boogie to actually explain what this is because, oh my goodness, this is why I've been pausing. Girl, go ahead and let them know. What, what's black tuition for you? All right, no worries. So black tuition is the ability for black people to communicate with each other without speaking, period. Um, what is understood don't need to be said. Uh, I have a different ideal of what that is. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that. <laughs> um, okay, so for me, black tuition is innate within black people. It's like our natural reaction to our senses. It's like one of those videos that you see and it's like a bunch of black people watching the video as a reaction and then they come up, the video comes up and then everybody got the same face. That's the black tuition I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about if I tell you um, she really could have shared, shared that door. You know I'm talking about motherfucking uh, Titanic. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it if you've seen the movie. Right. Of course, there is our select few, whatever. Um, it's just ha being able to resonate with each other. Without words, without without any form of actual like verbiage in some cases. So that's literally what I just um, said. <laughs> I know, but mine sounded better. <laughs> if you say so. It was just drawn out. I always say so. Obviously. I mean, that's what it is. Like, keep in mind, like, I told you this the other day, like, you my straight man. Like, I'm going to delve into it, deep sea dive in it, elongate it, make superfluous statements, as you love to say. Mm -hmm. You love to tell me I have superfluous statements. I don't know why, though. Anyway, I'm going to do that. And you just, like, it's just a side eye. I mean, <laughs> no, I was just saying, like, because when you started, you said that it was different, but it's literally the same view. Mm -hmm. You just gave a deeper explanation. No worries. Back to the matter at hand. Honestly, we literally spend most of our time uh, debating semantics in our friendship. I realized that. <laughs> most of our friendship is us debating semantics. And that's what makes this what it is. Mia and my friend have been debating each other for 23 years. The longest <laughs> debate. About shit that don't matter. The longest debate, ongoing. The, the topics vary. <laughs> sometimes they reappear. Sometimes they're new. Like, we need a Guinness record. It's disgusting. Honestly, for the longest debate, honestly. Ugh, just Jesus. Nonetheless, so when we start talking about black tuition, right? The first thing that comes to mind is like, um, like that whole girl that was like boombastic side eye. That shit comes to mind because there is not one thing that somebody does that's sketchy that a black person ain't gonna be like, mm -mm. it's a natural reaction. I love how we as the people are able to just. It's not that we're like-minded in any manner. It's just 
we know when shit ain't right. And it's immediate. It, there is no lag time on it. It's immediate. That shit ain't right. You see that bitch? You literally be looking at your, like, like, you seen that bitch over there? You seen that bitch? Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I, I will agree, but just to take it a step further, I think that um, it spans just like all facets of the diaspora for us because we all respond the same way even though we ain't had the same experiences <laughs> which is wild like black people in paris france right and black people in america any of the americas you know some certain things we just respond to the same way like we know when shade is being thrown and you can see us all respond to that shade in the same way. Like, Ooh, okay. Or the way we compliment each other. Right. It may sound like an insult to some people who ain't, who ain't in the culture. Um, but for us, we'd be like, all right, (laughs) I see you. Well, who you get dressed for today? Okay. I hate that shit. Hilarious. Mm, mm, mm. That's that one right there. And get a Who bitch cussed out. For? That one too. I mean, because I mean, to be honest, women more so say that to their men. Or vice versa. Sometimes or sometimes to it's the women too. Who you gonna dress for? Who you gonna cuss for? Uh, I would never tell you that. I'd literally be like, oh, girl, where you going? That's where I want to know. Mm-mm, I'm going to ask you. Who you getting to for? Me, me. And I tell you all the time, girl, I was playing in my makeup. I was trying something new. Mm-hmm. I got a date. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what? But that's something. Damn, that was, it was a question I wanted to ask you. Oh. Um, there's this, like, ongoing debate about... Uh, not on, I don't want to say ongoing debate, but it's, like, something that's been, like poignant within um <laughs> poignant within um the you know the webiverse whatever you want to call it on the internet it's been on the internet okay. girl i'm drawing blanks okay Same. i am drawing like drawing blanks like a nigga that, that's like had a vasectomy i'm not drawing blanks boy anyway <laughs> no so they were saying like um, people who say, oh, I love that for you, is throwing shade. Now, I don't necessarily use that phrase, um, but I never felt shade in that phase, like in that phrase. I never feel shade because in reality, I agree with that. I love those things for you, for your life, for you, because I know that those don't fit me. But I guess that's the shade part, huh? <laughs> it couldn't be me because you know how niggas, when niggas tell you, hmm, couldn't be me. Especially in Chicago, niggas say, "Hmm, huh, couldn't be me." That's that's me telling you, you a dumbass. Like you lost your fucking mind. Like yada yada yada. Yeah, but I see. I think that's the, um, I think that's the beauty of black culture that words have multiple meanings, right? So like, I could be like, "Okay," or I can be like, "Okay, okay." Like, mm, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it ain't hitting one of the. Mm, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Those are three different emotions. I hit you with a okay as a affirmation, and I then hit you, you with a okay, like you need to stop, and then hit you with a okay, 
if that's what you want to do. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so. Same. I also love how well versed black people are in those in those understandings. Yeah, it, it's pretty it's pretty universal. You know what's funny? So on Twitter, somebody tweeted out like, "I thought the black person head nod was universal, but apparently not in Paris." And I said, oh, "No, it's late." I was like, "Wait." They don't know the what's up, head not. That's crazy. Like, down up, right? Like, like, what do you? I'm not like understanding. Like, do they do it different? Like, what's up? Like, no, I know what the head not is. No, bitch, but, but they don't know it. it. Apparently, apparently, the, uh, whoever this person who tweeted it out was like, it didn't happen. It wasn't reciprocated. And I was like, damn, that's fucked up. I wonder, do they do the nigga head not in Nigeria and shit? I feel like they do, but I ain't pay no attention. When you go to these other countries and you see people of color, like normally, like they're Caribbean, they're African, you know, even if they were raised there. So I can't imagine like them not understanding the, the nigga head nod. Like, I don't understand it. I don't know how universal that is only because you have to. Maybe a nigga was just like, Ugh. I think that was adopted from black American culture, though, like not necessarily just innately black. So we'll see. I don't know. More more people than not have that. So you know how I feel about that. We'll talk about that difference between black culture and black people another episode. I I'm very strong about how I feel about that. Anyway. I said black American culture. I know you said black American culture, but you and I both know that I do not ascribe to black being a culture outside of America. Um, I understand how other people I did. Let me finish. See, that's the shit I be talking about. I understand that other people identify people who are of African descent as being black. I understand that in other parts of the world. Here, being black is is not like that. I, I this is this is why I say it. And I guess now I gotta talk about it. Eh. I say it because of this, right? Being black is a culture. It is something that we ascribe to being raised as Americans without any culture and having to cultivate our own based on the surroundings that were given to us, right? That is not the same for, let's say, a Yoruba Nigerian or a, a man from, you know, Mar a man from Mauritius. You know, the, these are different. This is a difference. You're African. That's your culture. Your culture is Yoruba. Your culture is of Mauritius. It's not black culture. Now, I do understand assimilation and how people who look like us are easier to assimilate within our culture. I understand that, but it's never vice versa. That's the shit I'm talking about. Being American, being a black American will never be the same as any other culture that considers themselves black because black is something that we had to come up with because we didn't have a culture. And I think I stand really firm and strong on that type of shit, mainly because this is something that the blood, sweat and tears of the people who had nothing had to come up with. And don't get me wrong. I understand that everything it derives from something, right? So we do take on um, characteristics of our African brothers and sisters, for sure. And in most of the things that we do, I, I understand that completely. I'm, I'm not negating that. 
but it is not of their culture. Black is a culture of American black people. It has nothing to do with anybody else. Mm, I don't know. This is my strong opinion. <laughs> but, no, no, I, I get that. But I would, I would challenge the point only because then that just, I feel like with that logic, it pits Africa against every other colonized country with black folk. Because then that's, that's your South America, your Central America, your West Indies. You know what I'm saying? Because these are all people who have similar struggles in creating in creating culture in the places that they were brought to. If we take in that logic, right? Mm-hmm. Because the black people in South America and like Chile, Argentina, Brazil, they didn't start there. All of those mm-hmm. people are not indigenous folk. You know what I'm saying? They were brought by the Portuguese, Spaniards, whatever, and they own slave trades. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Same goes for Central America. Hell, same goes for Mexicans mm-hmm. and, you know, our West Indy uh, brothers and sisters. So what that does in that in that specific logic that you just gave pits mm-hmm. Africans who never left Africa against every other culture that did um, and was colonized by a group of people. Hell, it go for Europeans, too, because they was outsourced there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. I understand why you would have that logic, but keep in mind that that is the world we live in. Those people don't consider themselves black. When you tell it, depending on the African you speak to, most of the ones that I've dated, right? And you'd be like, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, you talk about black problems and they're like, I'm not black, I'm African. You talk to a Caribbean, yeah, they'll generally ascribe to themselves as being a black man, but if you talk to them as a black person, they are Caribbean. The thing about it is I'm not setting any type of differentiators that aren't already there. You are letting me know that, like, like prime example, like, especially when you catch these Caribbeans right off, like, the island and shit, and they're like, yeah, you know, in my country, these, and all this other shit. And I understand that, and I'm here for it. I'm not mad at it because you moved around to do what you needed to do, right? But there's still an air of superiority when those people come to the land of the free where we are already here. This is, I, I get what you're saying. Believe you me, I understand. It does sound as though I'm, I'm, I'm enforcing those barriers. It's not that. What I am ascribing to is the understanding that the cultures are not the same. I understand that we all derive from something. But black is a culture within itself. Just like being Caribbean is a culture within itself. Just like being Yoruba, Igbo, any of those culture within itself. They are not one and the same, though they may derive all from the Africa continent. That's what I'm talking about. So the question then is what is culture? Because Mm. from what I can gather it's a trauma that was experienced that demanded you create something for yourself. Is that correct? Or like, I mean, if you want to place it in that manner, it can be, you understand it it can be because even when you go down to the depths 
and you go down into the depths of Africa and you see people who are still living as indigenous people live, you know, those cultures and rituals all derive from some form of trauma. But that is as far as like, let's say, like female mutilations, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Those things all derive from some form of trauma. Like it all it all derives from something, somebody being forced to do something in some manner. But at the end of the day, it's not for us to decide what culture is. That's what we do as we live, as we interact with one another. So what's the conversation? What do you mean? What's the conversation? No, I'm saying what's the conversation then in saying that black culture is a culture itself if it's not up to us to determine what culture is. If you're saying that black culture is a culture that stands alone from mm-hmm. um, other other people's experiences and that people who are in the diaspora can, shouldn't be able to claim the black culture piece, right? Because their experiences are different from black American experiences, right? Um, what's the conversation if we're not defining what culture is? Because if we can't decide what culture is, mm-hmm. there is no black culture. I said we as in me and you, not we as the people. <laughs> but nonetheless, I get what you're saying. No, when it look, let me explain something to you. I hate when you get me into this because my head starts spinning. The point is, if we if we were to devi- define what culture is, right, as a general understanding of what culture is, right? It is the the speech, the food, the interaction, how how we treat one another, how we interact, what is socially acceptable within our community. The fact of the matter is we define the culture by how we interact with one another. It's just like when you go to somebody's house, right? You ain't never been in their house. You go in their kitchen? Mm-mm. Exactly, because it's rude. These are things that we, these are societal norms that we place in in the society that we live in as black people, because I promise you, I've had white friends go into my kitchen and I didn't understand how they felt like that was okay. I mean, aside, white people aside, (laughs) right? If we're talking about other cultures that are in the Mm -hmm. diaspora, right? The African diaspora. I think that's that's a it that's is. commonly shared if you don't right. know the person. You see what I'm saying? So that's no that's what I, I'm saying is that why aren't these people invited into black culture if they have these same shared principles? So no. That's how that's the disconnect. I as I stated, I understand that everything derives from something. And that it's not to say that we don't have mutual experiences or that we don't have a mutuality in some of the things that we do. But like I was saying, what I was particularly referring to is people, other people within the diaspora who just says like, oh, I'm black, I'm black, I'm black. But when they talk to black people, they're not black anymore. They're Caribbean. They're African. They make the, the differentiator, not us. Because as black people, we see you and because, think about it. When you black and you go to other places and you see people that look like you, do you not automatically assume they black too? I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying, okay, so I guess what the disconnect is for me mm-hmm. then, right, is how is saying that you're black and then being proud of your heritage within that blackness mutually exclusive? You see what I'm saying? Like, 
Running back. Why is that a no but and not a yes and? Run it back again. So you're saying that when you see other black people, you just see them as black. But if there is someone you're interacting with who is West Indian, right, or who's from Central America or from South America, they will make it a point to say, oh, I'm Peruvian or, oh, I am Haitian or Jamaican or whatever, right? Um, but why is it that they can't celebrate being black and having a heritage within blackness that is that is pointed to something? Why is it that 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 is a divider within black culture? Because yes, mm. black Americans may not know where they come from all of the time, right? Because there mm. was a mix of African people, right? But for mm -hmm. those who do have a starting base in heritage and being immersed in that, that shouldn't be a divider in within black culture. You know, mm -hmm. their pride does not mean that you can't be as prideful just to be just to be a black American mm -hmm. and not a black American and something else, you know. I get that. And I really wish that wasn't the case. But that is the case. Why does it have to be the, the case? point? It, I didn't say it had. I didn't nobody say it have to be. I said it is. To who? It doesn't have to be, but it is. To who? Because it's it's not widely. I, I wouldn't say that 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 ideal is widely accepted by all of Black America. Like, oh, I never said that either. No, you just said it. It is. You, I never you said, said that, that it's not what. No, you want it to be, but that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why I asked, like, to whom? So. I, the way, okay, so boom. I say that because this has been my experience in the South. And that may just be skewed based on my region. This has been my experience in the South, be, interacting with a flagrant amount of other uh, members of the African diaspora, as you so eloquently placed it. And it's always been so um, mind-boggling to me. This, this this is how I came to this conclusion because I this the reason why I even came to this conclusion was because someone had made a poignant point to dif differentiate it and was like hardlining it and it had happened a multitude of times with different people of this diaspora and I'm just like we all black. That's my thinking as a holistic thought process. Girl from Chicago, we all black. It, it don't matter what kind of black, you black. But it wasn't until I started dating outside of my home country that I noticed that this was such a, a thing to be thought of. And then it was so crazy to me. And I, I had to make some form of logic to it. And that was the logic. Obviously, being black in America is a separate culture from being a, a black, you know, Afro-Latino or an African or and it is in so many ways. Yes, that is correct. And we have a lot of similarities because we all come from where the one true place of birth, the motherland. You understand? But at the end of the day, no. at the end of the day, the best way for me to come to a conclusion of understanding was like, oh. So if you separate, that means we must be separate. We are different. And that was it. 
this is the world that has shaped me okay so this is just so this is just your point of view this is not something you think is widely of course shared. not i just said it was my opinion I, okay so i asked that clarification because throughout our conversation it's been flipping from it being just your opinion to what just is uh, well if that makes sense so that's so why i was like also I'm keep confused. in mind right when you talk to anybody their opinion is their is the world view in their mind and no and like as, as much as people want to be objective about their opinions like when you have an opinion your opinion is truly your world view and how you think others think as much as much like you is you know as them except for you know the people that you know are hard lefts, like the racists and stuff. <laughs> you mean hard rights? I just meant like I went this way and you went to the left. You know, the black saying that you went left. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you meant politically. That's why I was like, you mean hard right? Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't mean politically. You killing me, dog. You're killing me, Smalls. I have to clarify. You know, people are going to be listening to this. We don't want folks and, to. and that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Because one thing for sure, two things for certain. The one thing I love about me is not caring about another person's opinion of me. <laughs> like, I'm not it's saying cool, that baby. you should care about the opinion. I just didn't want people to be confused as to what we were saying. Uh, well, you know, teach it some. It is, but that is um, my opinion of the world that I have cultivated, not cultivated, but the world that I've been introduced to within these last 10 plus years. Um, now, would my view be different if I was, if I still lived at home? Probably, it probably, you know, and it probably would be the, the same as it was previously. Shit, like, you look like me, so you must be of, of the cloth. <laughs> and, and that's that. You know, but like I said, it wasn't until other people started making the different the differentiator you know oh you know my my people live better i've heard that i've heard that like and it's just it's so disheartening so it's just like if this is the thought process and i've heard it so many times like it's like okay this is really aggressive you know it's like girl Okay, I understand that, but yeah, I couldn't believe the head not wasn't universal. That was crazy. I said, You say what the head not wasn't universal? I said, I couldn't believe that the head not wasn't universal. That's crazy, disgusting. I don't even believe that to be true. <laughs> you know, I maybe that was just that one man, like maybe we'll see next year when I slide. See if the head let me is let me know. I don't know, you know, when I go to Paris, I'm in and out. I'm not here to, I'm not trying to uh, assimilate or, you know, investigate. I'm here to give my participatory and get up out to here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go see the City of Lights. I'm excited. We'll see how that goes. It's so funny that their major attraction was actually like, supposed to be taken down it was just supposed to be for like the world fair <laughs> mm, yeah the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yes like most parisians hated it they felt like it was like 
got in. It was just in the middle of the city. <laughs> and now it's like one of the main places for tourism. It's crazy. Hmm. Hmm. Interesante. All right. Oh, do you have a Spanish quote for the day? I mean, I can find one. Pick a number. One through 196. That's not 133. Oh, God, Jesus. Fix it. It's a Spanish phrase of the day. Um... I will pick 72. So one more time, you will pick what? I will pick 72. All right. 72. Our Spanish phrase for today. No. Este es mi prime buvelo. Vuelo, right? Vuelo. No, este es mi prime. No. Vuelo. Okay, vuelo. No, este es mi prime. Primer. Vuelo. Oh, primer. Vuelo. Now, vuelo sounds familiar. Is that ticket? No, that's not ticket. I don't have, it's not, I don't, I don't have. What is the phrase? What is it? What is it? No, this is my first time flying. Brought to you <laughs> by Spanish phrases for dummies. Good Jesus. It's the for dummies for me. All right. I have a Spanish phrase for you today as well. <laughs> Actually, they're just curse words. But if you want them, I got them. <laughs> Not they're just curse words. That's mm-hmm. funny. It, I mean, it's true. You- Mm-hmm. You just like that that guy who be signing all the all the curse word phrases. But the Spanish phrase from B today is mierda. No, that's right. Mierda. Mierda. Mierda or mierda. 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 And it means shit. Not shit. <laughs> Not mierda. 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 Or my other favorite that I've learned, this is um, specifically for Mexican Spanish, from what I understand. And the word is bicho. Bicho? Bicho. What's that? Dick. Bicho. (laughs) Brought to you by my Boricua friend. (laughs) That's hilarious. Hilarious. I know. My nail tech is lit. <laughs> Funny as hell. She just be, we'd be sitting there going back and forth, talking random. Mm-mm. I need to see her soon. Oh, <laughs> About what? Anything and everything. It sounds like it's time to get lit. Is it time? Well, I've already been lit with a bit. Ooh. Get lit with your big. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, I already hit my blood. Get lit with your big. Mm. What's them lighters the old man used to be having and it flip open? Zippo. What's, them? What's that? A Zippo. That's mm. what they call them. Why were they named Zippos? Um, it ain't a zipper on there. No, that was the brand. 
Oh. It's called a Zippo. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. Don't try this at home if it is not legal recreationally in your home. We are not promoting illegality. Correct. That is very correct. We are not promoting any form of illegality. Illegality. Not illegality. Wow. Illegalities. Or any form of drug use. Okay. Keep it in the comments. Also, put the ones in the back. Hmm. I love this. Best friend therapy, please. What's up? What you trying to work out? I mean, I'm a firm believer. Like, I don't waste my time. You know what I'm saying? I don't really do second chances. But when I do, like, I really be trying to give you a second chance. hmm I really want to fuck my tripod, but he don't deserve another chance. Mm. Am I thinking with my click? Yes, ma'am. Damn. You are. But if... Are, is this one of those people who you would have explored something with? What? Is this one of those people you would have explored something with? Because if not, then it don't matter, do it? Fuck no. Okay, well then. Ugh. It don't matter. What don't, ma- what don't matter? Go ahead. Thinking with your clit doesn't matter if you weren't trying to pursue something more with him. If you are telling me that you're in the dating space. You dating multiple people. Um, this is not somebody you see yourself settling down with, or even giving enough interest to focus on solely. Does it matter that he doesn't deserve a second chance if all you want is penis for him? It sounds like it, he's more of an insert here. Of course, he's an insert here. It's dick. But the point is, this. no, no. The, okay, so. What matters? If you if you got a Rolodex of dick you can get from anyway, it don't matter. This is the problem I have with all of it, right? <laughs> when you're a single woman and you rolling with a roster, you have to set boundaries because niggas will try. So if they know they fucked up, they just it's just like a dog that piss on the fucking carpet. You got to stick their fucking nose in it, hit them with the newspaper, put them in a fucking cage. But Sometimes you want to play with your puppy. <laughs> like, why you had to fuck up? Now you got to be in the cage. <laughs> okay. And how long he been in timeout? Not long enough. Okay. What well is shit? Keeping him on timeout and never dealing with him again are two different things. Oh, no. I got to cut that tie, baby. Mm-hmm. My okay, con- well, then- I, got- I have dire consequences. Well, then, man, why are you even trying to work this out because in best therapy? Because it's really good dick. Ma'am, if you don't even care and you're going to cut him off anyway without giving him no more cooch, then we having this conversation for no reason because you're not listening. I want it, though. It's okay. You're right. Fuck him. Damn. You don't understand. Boogie, you don't understand. 
I do understand what you were saying in the dire straits that you think this is. However, if you are saying that you ain't going to keep them in timeout and then pull them out to play with when you feel ready, you just going to cut them off, cut the tie anyway. There's no purpose in having this conversation because you're going to cut them off anyway. You so mean and best friend at this. But he's, he's so mean in best friend therapy. I don't want a new therapist. You stuck. How? You want accountability or you want somebody to kiss your ass? Um, a little bit of both. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not at all. Niggas, niggas say, you want accountability or you want somebody to kiss your ass? Accountability partner. Girl, fuck you. It don't matter. You right. I, you right. I because re- I was actually teetering. I'm sitting here like, yo, like, should I just cut this nigga off and say fuck it? You know what I'm saying? Like, because at the end of the day, you gotta take your L, and I'm gonna make sure you take that bitch to the fullest. But at the same time, it's just like I'm I'm taking the L too because you want to be a fucking L. Listen, what chance say? I let my losses turn to lessons. Mm-hmm. Turn my L's into lessons. That's what he said. On that truck with Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Word. So, L's into lessons. What about both of y'all? I don't know. Girl, the lesson is good dick is always hard to come by. And it's always in unexpected packages. Well, if that's the lesson that you take. It is the lesson that I take. I'm just saying, like, seriously. Like, come on. What else is there? Like, I always, I tell any woman I know, you never let no man play with you, regardless of who he is to you. You never let no man play with you and your emotions. You never make him, you always make a man stand on whatever he didn't said to you. I, I, I can't even imagine. I, it makes me stutter. I can't even imagine a man telling me he's going to do something and don't do it and think that he still got a good grace in my world. It don't work like that. Stand on that. You don't want to mess with me no more? Don't call me. Don't text me. Stand on that. And I'm going to make sure you stand on it. I ain't going to block you. He's not going to respond. Stop fucking texting me. Stop calling me. Whatever. You going to be here at 11? Be here at 11. At 11.05, you late. And your time is docked. I might not even want to fuck no more. Stand on it. If you want control, just say that, G. I don't want control. I have it, bitch. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I know I have problems. I know I have control issues. It's okay. I mean, well, if you got it, then you ain't going to have to go through the problems you're going through if you had it. If you had control. You was petty. I mean, shit. No, I'm not. This is. You said. You said no. <laughs> you don't want it. You got it, bitch. But the nigga ain't doing what you want him to do. So do you got it? This is very true. At the end of the day, everybody's not going to fall in line. And those who don't fall in line have to remove themselves from the line. I hear what you're saying. So why the fuck did you bring it up in best friend therapy if you felt this way anyway? Because I'm sad about it. Nigga, this is not. Because I'm sad about it. Therapy for sadness? What? <laughs> <laughs> no. This is not sad therapy. (laughs) Because first of all, (laughs) you want to soak in your sadness and want me to be like, oh, that's so sad. 
that fuck up G. Yeah, he should have been better. You feel me? I, I'm not here to do that shit. Just today. No, ma'am. Just today. No, ma'am. You the no, worst. No, ma'am. Because I'm going to make you stand on that shit. What you, what, say what you thinking. True that. True that. No, I, already, I just let it go. You know, I'm not confrontational. So I'd rather just let it go. Like, I got the little apologetic text this morning, and I went on ahead and liked the message and closed the motherfucking message out. We keep it cool. You're funny as hell. Like, you funny as hell, G, because I know you ain't just say that shit. Well, I'm just telling you how I feel. <laughs> I ain't know. I know you ain't just say you was you was not confrontational, G. The fact of the matter is, yeah, I'm not confrontational. What the fuck you mean? All of that shit was just confrontational as fuck. Your voice <laughs> went from, I don't know, to motherfucking New York. I don't know what borough, nigga. And you was reeling your motherfucking chest about it. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna make him I'm so fucking done shit. with you. The what? best friend therapy is for me to be able to let loose, bitch. And you <laughs> you can't let loose, nigga. But I, what I say, I'm still gonna hold you accountable to the shit that you say. I'm fucking, you fucking kill me. Okay, I got you. Next best friend therapy, I'm gonna just sit here and be like, and how does that make you feel? Girl, fuck you. Girl, fuck you. Because honestly, it wouldn't be you if it was any other way. Your dirty ass. I'm so mad. Mm-mm, I ain't never been dirty, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> if that's how you feel. You just did me dirty, bitch. <laughs> Oh, child. Oh, it is what it is. Nah, nah, nah. I really just needed to talk to it. Like, honestly, I normally do make niggas stand on it. It is what it is. But, you know, you got situations that that's not, that's not the case. You feel me? Like, you a single father. Like, <laughs> you you can't adhere to anything I tell you I want. Because you have two other lives to think about. Like, and that's why I don't like fucking with niggas with kids. Like, mm-mm. I told you, I, mama and grandma and God. I can't go below them three. I can't. I can't go below <laughs> in the hierarchy of importance. God, mama, grandma, me. I can't go below none of them. Number four. I can't go below number four. Funny as hell. I'm just saying. I can't go below number four. And honestly, if you just take God out the occasion, I can't be below number three. Listen. What? So what if what if his priorities is his kid, his kid, and you? You still number you still ain't below three. His his priority is just different. What if you come before his and mama and his grandma? I just can't because at the just end, not before the kids. I just can't. That's what I'm saying. I can't do kids. I, the kids always went out, and that's fine, and that's how it's supposed to be, and that's why I never take men who have kids seriously. I can't. What are you, you can't offer me the time that I'm going to require. I'm going to always be compromising something. Don't get me wrong. We're going to do that anyway. But I mean, it's even more so now. That's any relationship. But you get what I'm saying. You know, what I'm saying? like, it's just I get the fact that any any man that, you know, even want to be in the space, like you can't be no deadbeat father. But at the same time, you a father. So we just going to have some fun. Show me the daddy dick you've been, you know, doling out to these hoes and getting them keep pregnant and shit, I guess. Like, ugh. I can't, like, at the end of the day, like, the kids will always come first. I will never come first. See, even if I'm with, like, um, even if it's, like, 
mama and grandma, right? And shit like that. There'll be times where you choose me over, over mama or grandma. You know what I'm saying? It'd be times like, nah, I ain't going over there today. It's me and you day type shit. There'll be times. You can't do that with no kid. So my question to you is, here we go. If you were to ever have kids with somebody, wouldn't they priority change in that way still? You think they going to put you above the kids that y'all created together? It's still going to end up being that way. So like, Boogie, what's up? You know I don't want kids. I understand what you're saying, but in the event that it happened, because it's not like you infertile. Eh. So, in the event that it happens and y'all have kids or y'all decide to adopt, you don't think that that's going to change? I think that the best thing for us to do is choose each other before we choose them kids. (laughs) Personally. You say that because you... Don't have that. I'm not a parent. Yeah, I'm not a parent. I'll do. But see, the thing about it is, even with that, we're in a partnership to choose those children together over each other because we understand the importance of the legacy. That's different. That that's a power move. Okay, that's solidifying the family structure. That's different. That's not the same as this man has kids with another woman and it's this kid's birthday. So we can't do anything this weekend. Or we can't go on that vacation that we wanted to go on because the baby's sick. Versus it being, this is my partner. Neither one of us are going to miss out or both of us are going to miss out on this because together we need to help heal this ailing child. That's different. So is it just because you see no attachment to the child that you feel that way? And would that change if you were, if you put yourself in a position to gain attachment to said child? No. <laughs> no. You still not going to care? I, it's not that I don't care because even the men I've dated with children, I always tell them like, hey, you know, if there's ever a choice, you always choose your kid. Like, like, oh yeah, I know we have a date, but don't worry about it. How, you know, handle your family thing. That's always been me. You know what I'm saying? And it's not because I don't necessarily want to gain an attachment with those children. It's just the fact that that's not my life. It's not a part of my life. And I can't even see a future with you and this life and trying to in- incorporate this other person, this other adult in my life as well. And it just it just seems like a lot of work. You know, it really do seem like a, like a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. When the guys are like the single parents, that's even more work. And it's just like, mm-hmm. Okay. I really I really just hate dating men with kids. It really rubs me the wrong way. Mm. Okay. I don't know why like and I love kids. So that's the crazy part. I love the children. I don't I don't um I've dated my fair share of breeders and I um I don't mind men with children. I just find it harder when they don't have healthy relationships with their baby mamas. Mm-hmm. Because then, or boundaries. I mean, not e- not even just the boundary piece, but if said man doesn't feel like his baby mother or mothers are not allowing him to be the type of father he wants to be to his kids, that affects every mm-hmm. other relationship he has in his life. Because now he is being deprived of an area that he really wants to be all in in, and he's being thwarted by whatever 
you know, preconceived notions other people have of him. And so he goes and takes those same insecurities and manifests them in other places in his life, whether that be his business or his relationships. Mm-hmm. And that shit's it's exhausting, but also they don't know how to let people be there for them. So the relationship is doomed from the beginning because you're not willing to even let nobody in. But anywho, all I'm hearing is that I'm right. The tangent has taken a turn. (laughs) All I'm hearing is that I'm right. Okay. Nonetheless, because you just like you said, it takes a lot. It's it's a lot. It takes a lot, but you gotta be willing to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, not Mm -hmm. you don't have to do it, but are you open? Right. The day that I meet a man that is so amazing that I'm willing to be a stepmother to his children will be the day big fly. I don't see it happening. I really don't. If it does, that's going to be crazy. All black everything. All black everything. All right, it's time for a new episode of a segment we like to call All Black Everything with the er on it. Everything. Okay, St. Louis. Oh, damn. That's terrible. Anyway, (laughs) with this segment, um, we like to highlight all black everything. That means black businesses, black facts. We're, we're, We're just trying to push out, push in, push about. All of the things when it comes to the black culture, black people, and try to uplift you guys, you know, just putting it out there. I think that's the best way to explain it. huh? You got a better way? I'm always down for a better way. You good. Superfluous flow. You got it. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) You got it. Um, All right. So I'll start it on off. We're going to start in the hometown. We're going to start in Chicago. Um, I think it's fair to highlight um, a marijuana source since, you know, Chicago just recently legalized it recreationally. Um, There is an actual Black-owned dispensary in Chicago um, called the Grasshopper Club. It's owned by two brothers, and, you know, they run it with their mom, which I thought was pretty dope keep it in the family right they are on two five five one north milwaukee in a logan square district you know if you know then you know um they are open monday through friday 10 a.m to 9 p.m saturdays 9 a.m to 9 p.m and sundays 9 a.m to 7 p.m not what you running down their whole schedule. Well, y'all go out there and check them out, though. Like, honestly, I think that it's important that we try to frequent as many Black businesses as possible. It's not just about supporting Black. It's just understanding that we are disenfranchised, and if we don't support our own, who else going to do it? Oh, all right. And That's I true. love it. So I have a Black fact for you guys today. And I don't know if you guys know. Right. (laughs) I want to do that. I don't know if you guys know this, right? But the first black woman 
to enter Congress and run for president of the United States was the same woman. And her name was Shirley Chisholm, also a Chicago native. Let's keep it cool. All right. I just remember that big old mo. But nonetheless, <laughs> Shirley was out here putting a hurting on them. So much so that there were three assassination attempts on her life. She was big business. She was out here just making room, rubbing elbows. Shout out to Shirley. Hello, Congress. This is Shirley. Hello. Uh, uh, Congress, this is Barbara. Come on. I love it. That was cool. I like that. Do you have another business? But no, I don't have anything else to share. I think that's enough for this episode. Be I agreed. All right. Well, it sounds like it's our time to go. I'm not about to play with you. All right, y'all. It's been fun. We're going to get up out of here. Y'all remember to come back to us next week. We got something hot for y'all. Remember, it's raw, open discussion, and we hope to debate with you at a later date. <laughs>